good news on the newspaper page. And love and tradition of the grand design, some people say, is even harder to find. Well, then there must be some magic clue inside these gentle walls. Cause all I see is a tower of dreams, real love bursting out of every scene. something plural that's already plural can you um, uh, really yeah okay okay <laughs> that's why i always got like f's in english like i never i was good in math and science but english was like nah yeah failure yeah oh well seemed kind of opinionated based math was more you know facts you can't argue See? with numbers so but you got an a in english <laughs> not really you sure i'm sure you seem like the person to get an a in english <laughs> no that's not opinionated. me that's not me <laughs> <laughs> it's cool so what's been going on man a lot has been going on since uh, we last had to catch up. I uh-huh. uh, I actually had a niece uh, being born. Really? Yeah, she came hey, on. Congrats. She came on October. Uh, no, she actually came September twenty sixth. Okay. Um, so we went down and saw her because she was born in Ohio. So went down there after work and you know got a chance to hold her the first day she was born. She was born like at eight fifteen, eight twenty in the morning. Okay. So held her for like fifteen twenty seconds. <laughs> Maybe more than that. It was, it was it was a lot of people in the room. You know, you had to you know pass and you know. Oh, she might come back around. And I might get another chance. But it was so many of us. So my should be like, oh, it's my moment. Yeah. Y'all so. take five. Her name starts with the J. You know, so we have a bond right there. Oh, so. There <laughs> so you know, it, it, it was just it was it was enlightening. I mean, just like holding a newborn baby. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it give me something to look forward to. Cool. Yeah. Is their favorite food jerk chicken? It has to be in the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Not right now, of course, but yeah, coming up. All right. Well, let me know how that goes. I will. All right, cool. What's been up with you? Man, I'm just been trying to like not get in trouble at work and not okay. piss people off. <laughs> it never works out because there's always somebody pissed off. But yeah. I would say that's hard to do. Yeah. 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 I think I'm a fairly nice person. Like, I don't do much to piss people off. Yeah, you don't really rock the boat. Nah, not really. Yeah. But some people be hating, so. Yeah. Mostly the people that need to retire. Okay. So. Yeah. We're not going to age discriminate here. Because <laughs> everybody's valuable. Yeah. It's just some older people that just can't stand. Yeah. yeah, that part. Did they call you a millennial or something like that? Uh, or that kid <laughs> with the wild hair. Okay, yeah. Like, you got this kid with this wild hair. I'm like, what's wrong with my hair? Like, yeah. I, I keep it lined up. Like, yeah. it's a little. It's still little, presentable. You know? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Okay. I wish they would try to fire me because of my hair. We in yeah. a new age. <laughs> I wish you would. Because yeah. my job would be done before yours, dang it. Yeah. That's all that matters is the outcomes that you produce. You know, I think the, that. The, the, I actually wore my favorite sweatshirt. I said it work. What's that? It's called, um, it's actually from the read. Okay. It's the one that I wore. It says, I'm not the one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, somewhere that shirt to work on a Friday. Okay. Know what that means? That means it's a good day, right? That's it. I'm okay. not the one today. It's yeah. Friday. Leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. You might want to start wearing it on Mondays to set the tone for the rest of the week. You know? And Tuesdays. Yeah. And Wednesdays. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Thursdays. <laughs> and I'm going to go in on Saturdays. Just let you remember. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should hang it on my, anyway. 
We're moving on. Um, so we have a special guest in the building. Yes, sir. What's going on, man? Hey, man. I'm. I'm. Uh. First, of all, I just want to say I appreciate you guys, man, for, um, taking the time out. You know, time is time is money nowadays. You know what I mean? So and I ain't got no time. <laughs> <laughs> all we all we all trying to give more time then, I guess. Right. So, yeah, man. but no, I really appreciate you guys for bringing me on, and um, yeah, I I got a lot of things going on really so uh yeah, we can we really we get, into get into that into all of that actually yeah, yeah for sure it's funny because when we originally started um trying to get with you for you know this podcast yeah you know we had been through a lot so one of those things was um speaking with on our last episode we talked about you know the five stresses of black men yeah and we thought it'd be a really dope concept to talk about what the five were that he identified mm-hmm. mr kevin denner of mm-hmm. the henry Hilton initiative if you will and one of them is something i see you post like every day and i'm like yeah. dang see how that worked out mm-hmm. we're just yeah. gonna do this so what we'll be doing over the next five episodes is um in partnership with henry health mm-hmm. we'll be talking about reclaim our strength and there are five the five stresses of black men mm-hmm. And so one of them is family and relationships. Yeah. So I know yeah. you have a lot to say about family and relationships. Absolutely. Just in the natural avenues of what you do day to day. So yeah. um, first and foremost, my brother from another, um, just kind of tell us about who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um, well, first I'll, I'll get to my name, of course. So my name is David Harris. Um, I am a second, um, so which actually not a junior. So, you know, some, sometimes people think junior and the second is the same, but it's actually two different. You, either you're going to get the suffix or you're either going to get the JR on your name. So how does that work? Because um, well, it was a junior, but it was always in quotations. Yeah. So actually, um, when you get the the second, it actually means you're being named after your grandfather. And then when you get a junior, that means you're being named after your father. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think my dad knew that. So I'm, I'm named after my father and he just put the second on there for the suffix. So he didn't really know that necessarily when he named me but and i always actually wanted to be you know junior because you know it's got a nice ring to it you know what i mean ken griffey jr you know what i mean yep, yep. um you know stuff like that but uh i love my name you know what i mean it's kind of common you know i was actually uh when i was in high school uh, i went to school with a uh david harris as well really um he was white actually and i was you know the black david harris and no, everything really? like that i mean nobody actually <laughs> said that but you know i'm sure <laughs> You know, people probably thought that, you know, okay. I mean? but uh, but yes, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of a common name more than I think. Um, and I did not end up naming my son uh, the third um, because, you know, just in our household with two people named the same. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom used to call, you know, we both answer mm-hmm. um, male, you know, what I mean, gets mixed up like stuff like that. Man, okay. it's just trust the me, confusion named Richard. Definitely. uh I get that a lot. Yeah. Like, I don't know if somebody used to work with, and they go, hey, Richard. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, no, no, not you. It's like, yeah. it's like a letdown. It's like, oh, I thought I was the person getting yeah. attention today. But, yeah. but yeah. And, and I found out, like, a lot more things. Well, I, I mean, growing up, I had no idea what my name meant. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually found out my name meant, you know, to be loved, beloved, and stuff like that. I found out, you know, pop, most, most popular person in the Bible for a lot of people, King David, stuff like that. So when I found out that stuff, I'm like, okay, you know, it's, cool mm-hmm. name whatever mm-hmm. so yeah um as far as growing up um you know i grew up in a, a traditional two-parent household yep. um you know with both of my birth parents 
Um, so I was I was really blessed, man. They're both really hard workers. I wouldn't say we were. Um, I would say we were like middle class, you know, really like straddle between middle class and upper middle class. You know, we were never struggling for money, really. Yeah. Um, but we never was like in a situation we were off, you know, in the suburbs and, um, you know, where we were like spoiled kids. I have two younger brothers as well. I'm the oldest of, of two younger brothers. Okay. Um, and uh, I mean, somebody really was I don't know who it was. Was it my grandmother or you know, our parents like prayed? that they raised us like the right way, you know, like raised us um, like somebody really prayed for them to, you know, although we weren't ra- like raised in the church per se, but I would say like, we were like the Easter, yeah, you know, right. sun, uh, Easter Sunday goers, mm-hmm. you know, occasional Christmas, yeah. you know, type of thing. Yeah. But we weren't like in there, mm-hmm. you know, every Sunday, yeah. 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah. Then Bible said, you know, we weren't <laughs> like that, but I would say, my I'm dad kind of raises. See this? I'm not yeah, alone. Yeah. Good. <laughs> we, we weren't raised under like the. I would say we had some Christian principles, right? So my right, dad right, would right. say stuff like, you know, mm-hmm. treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. You know, what goes around comes around. But he, you know, and I'm thankful that he didn't actually force any particular religion on us. Because a lot of times when kids grow up, that's mm-hmm. the number one thing they say when they ra- was raised under a particular religion yep. is, you know, they they resent it, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he. He didn't raise us under a particular religion, and and uh, and I'm glad that I was all of us were able to find our own way, mm-hmm. and I end up, you know, um, coming to Christianity on my own okay. anyway. And mm-hmm. so I kind of like how it happened that way. Um, but I owe my parents a lot, man. These are two individuals, hard worker, came from humble beginnings on their own. Okay. I mean, on my dad's side, he was kind of raised with both of his parents, mm-hmm. um, but his dad was always working, so he pretty much seen his dad on the weekends his dad was a musician at nighttime worked for the police department during the daytime um and he was the youngest of well he was he was the youngest boy of five boys and he had his younger sister um so uh and his brothers was they like 20 years older than him another one was 10 years older mm-hmm. so they had families when he by the time he was you know in high school they had family they own married and stuff like that so he didn't really see his dad a lot, but he did have his father in the home. And my mom, totally opposite, really, like, grew up with her parents, but her mom passed when she was um, about nine years old, eight or nine years old, on Christmas Day. Wow. Passed. Mm-hmm. Then um, her dad really struggled to deal with that, mm-hmm. and he ended up um, uh, kind of going to alcohol, like, talking about mental stress. Yeah. He, you know, went to, to alcohol to kind of relieve some of that stress and end up um, – really kind of become an alcoholic and die when she was like 16 you know what i'm saying so um both of them merging together mm-hmm. you know and doing what they did having three boys all three of us graduated from college um they paid for all three of our tuitions um i went to a private school in high school you know what i'm saying so like valuing uh education like was was big for them because they knew okay i can get our we can get our children to the next level we just value education and uh, if we value hard work. So uh, I, I definitely appreciate that. Cool. So mm-hmm. you went from that, and now you get the chance to be the pops in the house. Yeah. Like, how's that been? Man, it's been great. It's been great, and it's been, um, like, so unexpected at the same time. It's now like you got to be you, honest because yeah. I've already heard how this has been going, so yeah. I always expect to hear the same answer. <laughs> but I'll tell you He's exactly a- what she said, but go. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm interested to know, man. It's – 
I got you. It's hard work. It's it's hard work. It really is. It's hard work. It's because you you never expect to really have children. You say I want to have children one day, yeah. but you just don't. You don't really know what you're signing up for 100. percent You know, it's like taking it's, notes. You got notes. Yeah. taking notes on yeah. that. You you don't really know what you're signing up for 100. percent You just saying, oh yeah, I want to. I have kids, but it's mm-hmm. it's the biggest sacrifice you're gonna make right. ever. Um, the time that you got right now, like you know, y'all free time mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You get to you know catch up on your shows right. or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, come home from the crib, take a nap if you want to. Yep. That that's that's over. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's over. Like you have another person. On, a little person in the house, man, is like, is a boss. You know what I'm saying? As far as your time goes and everything, and um, uh-huh. uh, it it has been a great experience. But when your parents always say, like back in the day, you'll never, you know, you you not you're not gonna know how it is until you have kids and your own. Like that, that's exactly how it is. Okay. You know, um, but s- seeing them, uh, my son grow. He's he's eight months, going on nine months now, mm-hmm. and uh. Just the whole birthing experience, like, just seeing, because my, my wife had a natural birth, okay. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she had a natural birth, no C-section or nothing like that. So that whole experience was, like, out of this world, okay. you know what I'm saying? I um, I took off um, three months for paternity leave, you okay. know, so he can really get to know me and stuff like that. And um, that, to me, that makes a difference yep. because a lot of times dads go back to work, you know, and stuff. Right. They have to for some jobs. They can go back to work, like, the next day or that same night, right. you know, and you don't even really get to have that bond mm-hmm. uh, with the baby in the early months, in the early years. But uh, for, I was fortunate enough to get that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'll, I think it does line up with what she said. So Okay. Fast. All right, cool. Yeah, because, <laughs> no, you know, we, so, um, just to, what did she say exactly? <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested like, to know. What did she say for real? <laughs> nah, so just a kind of a forenote, we uh, – you know, I met her through school, so me and yeah. her, she's already had, always had my back when I was yeah. trying to get through that math class. She actually, uh, a lot of the things that you probably get at home, like you pull crap and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. She gave me a lot of that when I was in undergrad, Yeah, especially in our math classes. But, um, yeah, she's awesome. Shout out to the shout out to Mrs. Harris. Yeah, Mrs. Harris. And, um, but, yeah, she said, ultimately, you're a great dad. And she had no reserves about it. Um, she was like, uh, she told us about one of your favorite techniques for watching watching TV. For watching TV, yeah, with the, with the little one, this was hilarious. I, I think I know what you're <laughs> Do you think you know with the yeah. pillow, <laughs> with the pillow with a prop up, so you don't have to actually hold the bottle. <laughs> you oh, so watch so that I'm watching it, t- so that yeah. I get to watch TV. Oh yeah, that yeah. part. It was yeah. like to her, it was like I don't know why you know. to me, I was like that. Yeah, that's what's up. I, I'm so taking that one. He made a solution. <laughs> that part is it's one of those right yeah. there. It's one of those dad tricks. I mean, you're gonna come up with, but a lot of the tricks you come up with, mm-hmm. you know, that, and that's an example. It might not be exactly, you know, how he should. The direct angle, uh, you know, 45 degree <laughs> angle of right. what he should be to drink his milk or something like that. But um, and I thought he was about to mention. My trick about getting them to sleep. Uh, oh, did no, she no, mention no, that? No. So this is going to be, this is the new one right Yeah, here. so I, uh, the dad raps. Have y'all seen the dad raps, right? Dad raps. Have y'all seen the dad raps? I'm ready for this. Here we go. Like, you know, um, so you, you strap, oh, you put the like straps on and the baby is stuff, inside. Yeah, right. So when yeah. you see me recording stuff and you see me walking and you see like, Something on me. That's that's my son, okay. you know, and, and the dad rap. And, and we um, was talking about them, like, yeah, you can tell when it's dad time because he Man. had this little rap on him. Like, <laughs> let me tell you, he something. must got the little one on him, like right I, now. I was so against those things though before he came, right? Yeah. So I'm like, look, she telling me all this science about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's going back to the 
like an animal instinct and she's showing me research about kangaroos i'm okay, like yeah. look we you know <laughs> we're mammals you know, human, human being that was the last time i checked you know and um man but after i actually used it man um he it works like he goes to sleep within five minutes no matter what i don't care if he just took a nap i don't care if he I'm talking about within five to ten minutes, he always goes to sleep, man. I can't, I can't go anywhere without him. Okay. I can't go anywhere. If, if, we, if we forgot it, we got to go back to the crib to get the dad right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That part. Yeah. Does it have it like, so is it like truly God proof? Like, does it have the drink in the back that you can drink water with? Them? No, I don't we'll got that hookup. No? But you, I'm pretty sure you could Come on, do man. something creative like that. I'm depending yeah. on you. Mm-hmm. I'm living through you until this happens to myself. <laughs> I need you to work this out. I'll, work, I'll see what I can do. Okay, cool. <laughs> do you see, like, parts of, like, your dad and you as, you know, as you're developing with your son and everything? That's a great question. Um, You know, the thing is, the dad role has changed mm-hmm. over time. So this is over the course of 30 years, right? right? My dad was, uh, ha- you know, I'm 33. Okay. So at the time when my dad, I mean, you know, Dads weren't really required to be like nurturers, you know, nurturers, yeah. right? But nowadays, you know, it's you know, it's uh, there's no double standard really. It's like mm-hmm. just because you're a father doesn't mean you can't be a nurturer as well. Right. Doesn't right. mean you can't watch the child just as much as the mom does or more. You know, because my wife is a uh, pre medical, you know, uh, pre med student, and so yeah. um, she spends a lot of time studying, and and we have to balance that out. So. I, you know, I spent a lot of time with my son and it's, it's important for me to at even a, a young toddler mm-hmm. infant age that I had to, you know, be with him and nurture and stuff like that. So people s- will probably over time say they see similarities. Like I'll probably over time be doing stuff and be like, oh, man, this, this is what my dad used to do right. with me. Or, I, <laughs> you know, I'm disciplining him, how, you know, how my dad disciplined me and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure over time I'll see more of it. Um, but I, I think that the dad role has changed just uh, over the course of 10, 20 years and stuff like that. The main thing is people, you know, how how much he looks like me, my son. Mm-hmm. And then they'll see my dad, how much I look like him. It's mm-hmm. like they say our genes is just so strong. Like our <laughs> face and head gene is just, oh, that's a Harris or something like that. <laughs> see, see our heads and stuff. So, yeah. so are they past like and don't be offended because it's not. Nah, that's cool. So are they I'm, not, past, I'm, like, I'm not. Are they past the ugly baby syndrome? Like, do they actually have your features now instead of like just like chicken face? Like, well, that's the surprising thing is like, as soon as he came out the womb, people like he looks like you. I'm he like, a beard. you hear that? Yeah, he beard. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> that's and that's what I'm saying. So when people say that, you know, I don't. I just y'all listen. But to me, I I've always been like, look, you just cannot to me quite tell what a baby looks like at at that baby stage, at that very yeah. early baby stage, but. Um, to answer your question, I think he is past that stage. And another thing is, I don't know if anybody is ever on it. Every time somebody seen him, no matter what age, said, you know, oh, he's so handsome, so this, so, you know. So I don't feel like we. Like, and if no. if you ask my wife, she will she'll say, no, never at all. Our baby was not a ugly baby, you know, at all. She was just mm-hmm. yeah, cool. So. That's what's up, man. I'm happy yeah, man. Y'all, Thank man. you, man. I appreciate that, man. Cool beans. Yeah. So, so you do a husband now, uh, you father. Yeah. Um, Full time. So when do you find time for your actual profession? Like, what do you do your day to day? My day to day, my day job is a educator, full time teacher. Man. Um, yeah, full time teacher, middle school. Teach middle school, 
Um, this year, I kind of uh, go between grade levels uh, from year to year, but this year I have eighth grade. I like the eighth grade, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I'm, I'm actually at UPrep Middle School. I've been there for four years. Okay. Um, with going in, this is my fifth year, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, didn't grow up wanting to be an educator mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> you know, it, it just wasn't something that I, you know, I did, you know, most times when people go in a profession, oh, yeah, I always wanted to be a doctor but right. for teaching that that wasn't for me mm-hmm. you know I, it it wasn't what i wanted to be growing up okay. you know i wanted to be um a physical therapist because my dad was a physical therapist and he made the job look so easy mm-hmm. and he made a lot of money doing it okay. you know i mean he was just like he would be just laughing and joking all day laughing and joking with his patients you know um they would be Eating good, you know. He, they worked at a hospital at the time, so I'm like, yeah, this this seems like a great job because my dad makes it look easy, you know. Not knowing he made it look easy because it was his passion, it was what he loved doing, you know. So it wasn't work for him. Right. But um, once I got to college, mm-hmm. I never really was a science like a hardcore science guy. I liked uh, astro- um, I liked astronomy, mm-hmm. like I liked space, you know, science, space science stuff like that. But I didn't like the chemistry i didn't like the biology i didn't like you know physics. genetic <laughs> physics right i didn't like that stuff and that's what you have to get to in order to be a, a physical therapist mm-hmm. and um it was my sophomore year i think okay. i took genetics i had genetics and anatomy in the same semester okay. failed both of them <laughs> and i was it, it, that was a wrap and i, I was you know, like weeded out real quick i think i ended up taking anatomy again okay and failed it again, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like once the report cards, because I, once I, when I was at Grand Valley State, you know, they, they still send my report cards home. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were sending my report cards home. Oh, so once savages. Yeah. So and that's what I'm saying. In this day and age, where you know, you these kids are lucky. Your parents don't see mm-hmm. nothing in college. Like yeah. they don't see nothing until they didn't already kicked you out after right, probation. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they see what you post on Facebook, but you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, stuff like that. Like that freshman stuff. Yeah. Lord knows I didn't participate, if, but. Yeah. When I, I used to actually work at, uh, I was used to like one of the hall monitors. So when they come check in and such. Mm-hmm. So you see people when they leave for parties. Yeah. And then when they come back from parties. Yeah. Let me tell you about a good time. <laughs> 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 you have people just like passing all over the place. Yeah. I'm like, what was y'all doing? Yeah. But, um, but yeah. So yeah. I really want to get into this because in everything that you do, it seems like. You are really dependent on your best self. So, yeah. as we typically ask all of our guests, we want to know from you, why does your mental matter? My mental matters because without me being a good in a good space mentally, uh, I'm not able to be effective at all of the things we just mentioned, right? If if I'm not in a good place mentally, I'm not going to be able to give 100% uh, to my wife as a husband, right? And she's dependent on that. You know, she didn't marry me just because she thought that I was just going to be any old guy on the street. She married me because, you know, because I committed to her that I was going to give her 100%, you know, on a regular basis and give it my all and commit. And if if my mental state is not there, then I can't, I can't give that, you know. And, and, and a lot of times when I, you know, if I come home at any time, and I'm I'm feeling some something, something happened at work or whatever. I'm stressed about something. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had to learn over time to communicate that with her, to, mm-hmm. so that she knows that the energy that I'm giving off is not anything that has to do with her. 
you know, it's because of something that is going on with me mm-hmm. and something that I need to work on as far as, uh, you know, getting better with with my mental health or whatever is bothering me or stressing me out and things like that. Okay. Um, and I'm definitely not able to give my all as a father as well, you know, and which is also a demanding. I mean, he's depending on me for everything. Right. right? I mean, he, not just I mean, to get him dressed, to bathe him, to feed him. Mm-hmm. And if, if you come in from work or my job if i come in and i'm not able to do that you you don't have the option i mean some people do it but if you're gonna be the best dad father you can be you don't have really the option to just you know put 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 your child off in a room somewhere in front of an ipad for eight hours and then and then wait till they sleep it's just to me those have so much other effects you know so my mental has to be there um 100% 100% in order for me to be the person I am, to be effective. It just has to. Yeah. I don't think anybody's ever went as deep as you on that. So oh, actually, well, you know. <laughs> hey, that's the name of the show, man. So I'm like, <laughs> there you go. My man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, again, we're really attacking this whole five stresses of black men. Yeah. And it's not to say that relationships with your significant others or family members are, you know, they're perfect. We never assume that because everybody has their challenges. Yeah. So, th- we're going to go kind of go out of order, but this week we're talking about relationships and family, and as they define it, it is struggles in relationships with your significant other, spouse, or other family members and children. So, I guess we'll kind of go into that as far as, I guess, your stress when you with family and relationships. Mm. First question, I'm going to ask everybody in the room, do you go through that? Do you have stress within your relationship or your family? Absolutely. And anybody that says that they don't have stress from their relationship and family is lying. Mm -hmm. Just flat out. Mm -hmm. You know, because you said it at the beginning, because no relationship is perfect. And any relationship that you see that is um, leading themselves on to be perfect, whether they're posting uh, things on uh, their social media and uh, anything like that to... And when you see them in person, that they don't let you know, hey, yeah, of course we went through some struggles or mm-hmm. we have some stress that things that causes stress, then you know they're not being 100 with you, they're not being 100% honest. So I, I definitely um, have had different stresses that have had to that I've had to manage that we've had to manage as a couple. Um, you know, when you're when you're dealing with a marriage, you are. Two of your own individuals, and especially if you get in third, you, you know, if you say you're in your thirties, you getting married because that's how the age we were at when we got married, early thirties. That's thirty years was of it? you doing Dang, things on I'm, your own. Yeah, I was thinking like I remember I, the wedding. I was like, wait, was that that? Okay. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah, I mean, she was, you know, going on thirty, but you okay. know, I was thirty. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, it was two. That's. There are almost 30 years of doing everything the way you want to do it. Right. You have nobody to answer to. You have no, you, you don't have to do it a different way necessarily unless, you know, you live under your parents' household. But once you get to college, you, you get comfortable, right? Um, I've heard marriage described as two worlds colliding. You know, like if you can really think about that. And and whatever is kind of formed after those world collides, like that's kind of how your marriage forms together with different things uh, sort of breaking off and other things coming together, maybe friends that you uh, had before you got married, um, mm-hmm. 
sometimes it's only married folks or married people that understand marriage and, and things like that. So you can't necessarily always get advice from people who are not married, right. you know. Um, so uh, I would definitely say early on, and, and people have said that the first year of marriage is the hardest. And and I would probably agree with that. I would say it only gets easier, you know, day by day after that first year. But if you haven't, um, one if you if you haven't been married, that to me that first year is all of that stuff that you're learning about the person that you didn't know prior. Um, working on communication, I wasn't the the best at communication, right? Like if I was to do something, if I say, um, I don't know where, hey, I I got this podcast, right? If I didn't say that ahead of time, like before when we first got, that's something I wouldn't say ahead of time, right? I would be like day of, okay, I'm about to go. Oh, by the way, I, yeah. I, I'll be back. Exactly, something like that. And and you just can't do that. You have to be able to communicate ahead of time, things like that. And so working through those things in our, our, our relationship early on, um, also just working with the way that I do things, the way that she does things, and coming to a compromise with that um, causes, you know, kind of caused some friction and some stress early on so you have to work through those things we did premarital counseling Mm -hmm. before we got married which is important and a lot of people don't do it Mm -hmm. uh and even if you don't do christian counsel right so we did christian counsel and we did uh non-christian counsel we just you know with a psychologist even if you don't do christian counsel still do some type of counsel with somebody that's married if you know your uncle that's married or whatever and you know they got a somewhat decent (laughs) marriage with like (laughs) Go go talk to them and counsel with them. Just talk to somebody that's married so they can just kind of help you navigate through some things that you might have to deal with and things like that. And and our premarital counselor, like, did do that for us. Um, but once you went in, it's like, okay, I actually got to do the work now. So, mm-hmm. um, And then we actually did some, some counsel while we were married. I know a lot of people, especially African-Americans, like we look down on counsel, right? We look down on therapy and things. Well, we can't sometimes necessarily afford it sometimes in our communities, but – it it can really help and benefit benefit if you can just navigate through sometimes when um, you're unsure of what to do, right? So sometimes you get, in a, get into it with your wife or your spouse or whatever mm-hmm. or your girlfriend. is like you literally don't know what to do. Like you be put your, your hand on it. Like I, I don't know <laughs> what more to say. I don't know what more to do. And that's right. at the point where you need, okay, yeah, we got we to gotta sit down and counsel about this. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm actually glad you said some things about that because – um, from my marriage, mm-hmm. I know that sometimes I looked at certain family members, you know, people yeah. that were married. I'm like, all right, well, I know I can go to auntie so-and-so, uncle, yeah. whatever, about whatever I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about that is it seems as if as soon as we got married, they seen how great our stuff was. Mm-hmm. And they relationship just split apart. And I was yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah. I can't go to them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can, you can see where it felt and yeah. all that good stuff, yeah. but you can't. Like, even there, you've done some days where I'm like, well, I saw my father in, in a marriage. You know, my mm-hmm. parents were married before he passed, and it was just like I seen the things that he did, but I also realized my mom was absolutely insane. So mm-hmm. I seen the different values that he had mm-hmm. and held true to. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, let me hold on to those. I can't go ask him about them, but I can hold on to those, yeah. and I can use that for my day-to-day when it comes to my marriage and my relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but some people don't understand, yeah. you know, the whole thing about being married and being, you know, 
starting a quote unquote new partnership with somebody yeah. will because yeah. you know they look at it well oh he's changed yeah or like he don't come around no more and it's yeah. that and third so have you ever went through that like far as like being married and now being a father like your relationship has kind of changed with your family members yeah actually and i'm glad you brought that up about family members so another thing that got me sort of in trouble when we first got married too is i thought our marriage should look exactly like my parents mm-hmm. right so I, I view my parents as having a good marriage mm-hmm. so i to me it was like okay modeling what they did yep. is what we should do mm-hmm. but right. i'm <laughs> She's a totally person than my mom, right? And I'm a totally di- I'm a different person. My ma- my dad and our mar- marriage is different. Yeah. So uh, for me to go into our marriage initially thinking that, you know, uh, yeah, it should it should look like that, then mm-hmm. that was like a total mistake too. So that got me in trouble. Just wanted to I, before I forgot that I wanted to mention <laughs> yeah, that I can attest to that. Uh, I put some of the values on myself as well. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Okay. About that. I mean, like, cause. You know, like, I looked up to my dad for everything. Like, my dad was an engineer, so I went to engineering school. Okay. Worked as an engineer. And, you know, like, like you said, like, you know, you look at your mom, and I'm, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, like, for me, it's like what I saw my mom, like, someone who was nice, genuine, someone who yeah. took care of the household. That's somebody who I wanted to partner there, with yeah. in my marriage. So yeah. um, just seeing them and using them, like, in my head, I would take, like, notes, like, oh, they used to do stuff like this. Like, my dad would send flowers, yeah. you know, just taking notes like that. I would I would take those things like during our first year and I would like send her stuff on you know, Valentine's Day and her birthday things like that. Mm-hmm. But then you know th- that's the nice things to take away. Yeah. But then it was other um, like expectations I guess as far as like, like how could I say it? I mean just like just the way that like we like behave at family functions yeah. or you know like I don't I don't want to like hold your hand right now because I just don't feel like like those type of oh, things yeah, is exactly. like you know I shouldn't I shouldn't you know I shouldn't behave like like my father did yeah. if you know she's not like my mom so it's yeah. like different love I have, languages. To, I, have to, I have to you know get in collaboration with her to make sure yeah. that she's secure and she's yeah. fine on everything that we do so yeah. what if you what if you bring flowers home and she didn't really want fly. Like, what right. if she's not yeah. the gift receiving type of person? Right. Or, you know, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, I get deep, that because I can't send my wife candy. She okay. doesn't like candy. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like, my that's wife not gonna work. Season, yeah. Like, if you're trying to make she, up and buy her candy, she can be like, "You obviously hate me because I don't care." <laughs> candy. So, like, yeah. I'm the person that pop up. Yeah, with like a stuffed crust pizza uh-huh. from Pizza Hut. Okay, she loves that. She's yeah. like, yeah. "Oh." The love. Yeah, you trying to have this yeah. baby now? Like, what <laughs> you trying to do? Well, my wife is uh. Flaming hot Fritos. Flaming That's hot her thing. Fritos. Yeah, she's like, you love me, you brought me some flaming hot Fritos. Oh boy. <laughs> nah, if I ever get in trouble with your wife, I know what to do. <laughs> flaming hot Fritos. I swear I'd be getting in trouble. With or a, or a mocha frappe from McDonald's. <laughs> mocha frappe. Yeah. From McDonald's, bro. Yeah. See, I can't go to McDonald's. That's, that's I her can't thing. go to McDonald's. That's her thing. Okay. <laughs> she got it. <laughs> All right. So, um, you kind of talk touched on it, so we'll bring it to the forefront. So, mm-hmm. um, your biggest thing, and I've always seen you post stuff, which I think. I've started just sharing all of it now. Yeah. Is family values activated? Absolutely. So tell us what that means. Family values, is. yeah. Family values activated means that all of us, I, I, you know, and I'm not saying everybody is from the greatest family structure, right? I mean, we're all from different backgrounds, but at some point, I think everybody got some values along the way from somebody, right? To to just to value. Um, either hard work, value patience, value respect, value um, 
uh, patience, value. Like at some point there is somebody, whether it's your parents, foster parents, whether it is a, a, a close relative, grandparents, or whether it's a, a, a guy you was, you know, a cat you was working for on the streets. Like somebody taught you things to value. And to me, anytime somebody doesn't necessarily make the right decision, you can go back to what are they valuing at the time? You okay. know, what are, what are, what did they value at the time when they made that decision, right? So um, you can think about um, some of the things that we have going on um, with race issues, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, just culture clashes. Right. Uh, a lot of times when you look at the, those instances is that the people that are engaging in it may not necessarily value empathy, Right. I mean, empathy is actually putting yourself in another person's shoes. Right. right. And and trying to understand how would they feel? Uh, how would you feel if, if that if you were in their shoes, in their position? And um, so that's why everything to me always goes back to a value. And a lot of times when I say family value activated it's because I'm seeing a person that I say, OK, man, automatically um, I see this person that was homeless but yet now as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. has their own business, has a multi-million dollar business, boom, family values activated. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't allow um, themselves to give up, right? They didn't allow themselves to quit on themselves and things like that. Um, they may have had children at the time. They didn't let that hold them back or be an excuse. Okay. Um, so it, any really anything that you see that's sort of a, a positive story, um, something that's uplifting is always because that person values certain things. And anytime you see somebody that necessarily uh, either make a bad decision or something that's kind of negative, you can see. And sometimes it may not be something negative, right? If you value sleeping in, mm-hmm. you know, if you value, uh, you know, getting your eight to 10 hours and you value then sleeping in until 12, one, and that's just what you value at the time, right? When you were college student, right. we, we, you may not be under your parents' household. You're going to value sleeping in the one <laughs> and two because you couldn't do it. That part. You know right. what I'm saying? Um, if you value, um, you know, hanging out with your friends, right? Yep. You're going to be an individual. You, you value happy hour. You're going to hit happy hour every Wednesday. <laughs> but, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. I'm just saying that whatever you value, that's what you're going to be spending a lot of your time doing. Mm-hmm. And that's why when we get older, you you don't end up doing a lot of the things you did when younger because your values change over time, right? Yeah. When, you, when you get a wife, you start to value relationships. You start to value your wife value the time that you spend with her so you don't spend a lot of the time mm-hmm. with all of your friends that you did before when mm-hmm. you have children you start to value different things so even over the course of your life things start to value change as far as values it's not necessarily that you're changing right so the richard that was in kindergarten i mean that that person is still there essentially right but mm-hmm. it's the values that's changing and people like to associate you with your values, but it's not necessarily just you that's changed so much. Okay. It's that your values have changed. And, mm-hmm. and you can always point back to a value that determines how somebody's acting or what they what they do. Okay. So I'm actually yeah. glad you said that because I actually had a family values activated moment okay. this weekend. And so I work at a very customer service based job with a lot of hours put in. Mm-hmm. And last night, Yesterday morning, I'm like, I'm going to have to work this weekend because I got to get this stuff done for my boss. Yeah. This done a third blase splee. And as 4 o'clock crept up, I'm like, all right, 4 o'clock is here. Let me wrap up for the day. Let me leave to get out of here. And I got an email from somebody at like, yes, I was still at work. 
I got an email from somebody at like seven o'clock. Okay. Like, hey, when can you send me so and so? So my initial reaction was, oh, when I come in tomorrow, I can just send it to you. Yeah. And I looked at my hand and I'm like, scratch that. Uh-huh. You get national Monday. <laughs> I'm not coming in tomorrow. Yeah. I'm sleeping in. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm having quality time with my, my wife. wife. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm kicking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a bum around. Yeah. I'ma smell funky for the next three hours <laughs> when I wake up in the morning. Yeah. I'm watching some insecure. I'm chilling with my boo. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what I did today. Yeah. That's why we saw that's the first time I stepped outside when you okay, saw me okay. earlier. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was I'm like, all right, I guess I gotta leave now nah, go yeah. to the studio. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like you have to make sure that you take care of home. You have Absolutely. to make sure your value values are aligned. Yeah. And most importantly, whatever it is for your self care that brings you like a peace of mind. Yeah. You gotta remember to do that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's so necessary. Yeah. So I tell my wife all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So for self care. I know you like the king of self-care. <laughs> Between you cutting your grass to, yeah. you know, grilling sometimes. It's therapeutic. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So what's your favorite self-care thing, Jarrell? Uh, it probably was, like, how, how I spent last night. Okay, so last night, um, I got home. My, like, wife, my sister-in-laws were there. My wife, she was already, like, cooking because she sends me a text message, like, at 12 noon. Like, what's for dinner tonight? And mm-hmm. I'm just like. I should have sent you that message. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been over there last night. I, I work, like, an hour and 10 minutes away from, like, where I live at. Okay. Because I'm on, like, a special program for the company I work for. And so my wife, she's, like, closer to home than I am. So she would stop off and, like, buy some stuff and then mm-hmm. get home. She's, like, start the process and everything. Mm-hmm. So she was starting the process. I get home. So we were, we were having, like, catfish and, uh, like, whatever leftovers was in the refrigerator, like, cabbage and rice and all that stuff so okay <laughs> I get, so i text her like it was that catfish for dinner you know she went to sam's club bought a couple bags of catfish mm-hmm. and i'll come over and like most most people they probably feel like you know when they come home from work they don't want to have anybody in their house but yeah. i enjoy having like family over like i enjoy like okay. that quality time mm-hmm. um with just me her and then she has like she has four sisters and a brother my brother stays in Ohio, but the four sisters were over mm-hmm. last night. My sister would have came over, but she had to work last night. So I just enjoy, like, getting off of work, you know, tossing my work cell phone in the corner until yeah. Sunday night when I got to yeah. <laughs> reprogram myself. Yeah. You know, we turned on Netflix, watched, um, what was it, like, Brooklyn's Finest that was on. Okay. So we ended up watching that, eating fish, drinking fruit punch, Hawaiian yeah. punch, whatever. Like, that's fun to me. Like, yeah. breaking out, like, dominoes and playing uno while the movie's on like i i enjoy those moments right now that's that's like my favorite thing to do just have people over in our place because it's just me and her it's just like right it's like she grew up with like i said like so many siblings i only have one older sister so i'm used to a quiet house but for her it took some adjustment to get used to that right you know because she's used to having like everybody's in everybody's space all the time because it's six children two parents so when when they're over i find that like she's in a good mood too because she's like back to like her like Back to her place, right? Yeah, yeah back, to, back to her space. So it's like I enjoy like having her happy, and I'm happy when they're over. So that part. That's that's therapeutic for me right now. Cool. What about for you? What's your self-care? I have a few of them, and I think What's well, the first. What's your favorite one? Well, I'm, I'm going to mention a new favorite one <laughs> that <laughs> most people wouldn't expect. Okay. Right. Is uh, yoga. Yoga. Yes, mm-hmm. yoga. Okay. Yeah. I took a class at Wayne because I needed 
because I'm a I'm a doctoral student as okay. well. So I'm finishing my PhD. And what? Um, in educational leadership and admin. The man. Yeah. So I'm I'm finishing my PhD there. I'm taking a cl- uh you know part time taking some courses at a time, and I also took my first yoga class. So I'm like, okay, you know, I need something to kind of fill my schedule a little bit with just a few credits. So I took that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did not realize how much I enjoyed it because the reason I took it is because I used um, I used to, I worked for UPS for seven years actually while I was in wow. college yeah okay. so um, but killed my back though just doing all types of improper lifting techniques okay. you know in there just going crazy trying to get those next day airs packages <laughs> for Thanksgiving and you know so what I'm saying hate Christmas like <laughs> oh man that that was called peak season I hated peak season it was what it was called at UPS man and uh, I, that job it it pay what I needed to take care of, which was pretty much my car note and car insurance at the time. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, yeah, man, I just, I hated it, man. It was just, it was just hard, too much hard work for me because I'd already played sports, okay. you know. So being in there was too similar to me. I'm like, I already, already stopped playing sports. I'm still in here <laughs> inside the trucks. It's 120 degree weather, you know, and I'm, good. yeah. So anyway, I hurt my back, my, not hurt my back, but my back just over time just was, mm-hmm. you know, really, really tight. So I'm like, I got to do something about it, right? I went to the doctor. They said, you just got to stretch more. I'm like, let me try the yoga thing. I see people, you know, doing all of these um, different exercises. I'm like, if somebody can bend their back like that, they must have some flexibility when I looked at yoga. But I really enjoyed it. It was an instructor. She had, um, she teaches at Wayne. But she also teaches her courses outside of Wayne State. And um, she, we took a few quizzes, which I didn't really understand why, but when we took some of those quizzes to help me remember it and retain it. Okay. So now I actually get up in the morning, 5 a.m., and do it on my own now, okay. right? I do it on my own uh, way before my son wakes up, before mm-hmm. the wife wakes up, both of them asleep. It's mm-hmm. just me. Um, I put in my 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 music. I might put on some, some worship music sometimes. Other mm-hmm. times I might uh, listen to some, you know, mellow R&B type stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's... It's funny because my wife doesn't really like too much of the mellow R and B type of stuff. She likes like trap music, you okay. know, when she needs to get herself going. <laughs> and then me, for example, I don't really like yeah. trap music. Person, the only trap music I really like is like Jeezy and yeah. like, Ti. But yeah. all of this That's, other trap, yeah. um, like she likes, but like Future and you yeah. know oh, that type man. of stuff. Like, <laughs> I so talk to her. Yeah, that through leave here. Yeah, but it's just funny that you know our our music taste sometimes is opposite, but. So I I listen to that and then um another one reason why people don't like yoga is they be like, oh well no, it's it's different we don't know what they be saying or, you know the namaste right. thing and all yeah. that and that comes from like the Christianity it, background kind of well, well at yeah. least at least what I've experienced yeah so some people shy away from it because they think it's tapping into some different things yeah. but so for me I just okay I'm a Christian so yeah that you type is cult. cult yeah, yeah so yeah. I don't, I just God. I might pray to. Mm-hmm. To to my you know to yeah. my God yeah, like okay yeah. when I'm doing it is and for me I'm doing it for the exercise and the stretching and also just to relieve you know to keep mental health and stuff so I do that we've always um so that's my new first thing I love what you said Jarell about just coming home and kicking back because I'm a homebody mm-hmm. yeah. right like straight up like homebody I don't need to go out uh, they've been talking about bringing. I don't know if y'all heard this. They're talking about bringing new release movies because Netflix and all of this Hulu is taking over so much, yep. and the movie sales is going down. Right at the actual theaters, they're mm-hmm. talking about you being able to access new releases from home. Right. 
I'm like, bet. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, going out is cool and everything. You know, and my wife, really, she's, again, the opposite, so she loves yeah. to go out. Yep. Love to go to the movies, love to, you know, get brunch and stuff like that. But for me, I have no issues with um, being at the crib and relaxing. Yeah. I mean, it's so relaxed. When I have my summer breaks, and what I don't like about summer breaks, man, being a teacher, uh-huh. it's part of the reason why I went into it because it's, you can create a little balance. You know, you get off at 3 o'clock, be home by 3.30. Uh-huh. You know, and you don't have to take work home, really, if you don't want to. You can lead a grading there. Okay. Uh, three months off in the summer. So I thought, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> it's, it's not really anymore. Okay. I, we okay. get off at the end of June, right. and we got to be back mid-August. Okay. It's really only a month and a half, you know. So yeah. I was kind of sold, you know, the wrong dream about <laughs> that. It's, it's not really... The gotcha. amount of it's, yeah, it's not really the amount of time off. But when I'm off, man, I'm I'm watching all of my favorite movies, man. I'm a movie buff. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm talking. I'm talking about coming to America, yep. um, uh, Big Daddy. I love Al- Adam Sandler movies. Man, I love um, Big Daddy. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, Will Smith movies, like a lot of Will Smith movies. Um, Pursuit of Happiness is one of my movies. Like I can pop that in anytime uh-huh. that I make an excuses for myself and feel like I can't do it. I remember my first year of teaching, I popped it in. The night before, you know, I went in. Yep. So that's that's definitely one of my top movies, Pursuit of Happiness. Um, a lot of Denzel movies, right? John Q, yep. Training Day. Even though a lot of people didn't want to see him in that role, but I mean, you know, I, I, I yeah, I mean, Day. you got to play different roles. That's Denzel's <laughs> one of my guys, and not only Denzel acting, but if you ever listen to Denzel, sometimes when he speaks, yep. he's mm-hmm. very knowledgeable. Man, he has a lot of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Will is like that as well. So mm-hmm. just um. I guess that's another stress relief, man. Like like YouTube, and like yeah. I YouTube a lot of stuff nowadays, and I read a lot more than I used to, man. Mm-hmm. I used to read. I I, I, it, I would probably struggle to read like one book, mm-hmm. in like, you know, two years. Like if somebody give me, it would take me so long. Yep. But now I'm reading like a book every month, basically. And I set mm-hmm. that goal for myself too. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I set a goal for myself. Like I want to read more, mm-hmm. and it really. Um, I, I hope that everybody really gets the understanding of how much reading is, is like more knowledge. Like you just live other people's lives and stories through books and stuff like that. So that really relieves stress. And, and uh, my wife Joseph, like she don't know how I do it, mm-hmm. but it just got to be consistent, really. Yeah. Like I try to really every day I'm doing some type of reading, whether it's reading a book or whether it's reading something online or listening to someone speak. And um and I used to watch sports a lot as sort of uh, something to reliever to do. But mm-hmm. to be quite honest, I, I don't have time to sit up and watch the Lions to continue to lose, right? So if, if I'm going to see them, and I don't mean to bring that up, yeah. but I'm just going to say, like, for 33 we years. About peace of mind here. You <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but I'm just saying, like, that's another thing that I haven't done as much, mm-hmm. right? I haven't done as much and just to sit back and just continually watch sports. Even though I love sports, man, I grew up watching the NBA, man. I grew up watching the the Pistons in the '90s. I grew up watching Chicago Bulls. I grew up watching Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Le- LeBron is one of my favorite athletes all time. Absolutely. But I, you know, just sitting around and and watching so much sports when I really don't have an effect on the game or doing some of the fantasy sports mm-hmm. that's really just gambling. You know, at the end of the day, anyway, mm-hmm. I just I, to me that cutting that time back has given me more time okay. to better myself mentally, mm-hmm. and also more time for my family, and also give my to improve my self help to improve on myself. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. So even within that, one of the things that I found to be helpful was 
we actually cut off our cable. And you would think that it would, I thought that was yep. the most dramatic thing you can do. Like, Same I was here. going crazy. Like, Same here. oh my God, what am I going to watch? Yep. And then I thought about it. As long as you got the internet, you got yeah. Netflix, you got Hulu, yep. and you know how to stream stuff from ESPN and whatnot, you are never going to miss another thing. Yeah, you're good. At least for me, as a guy, like, I don't necessarily watch a lot of TV. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'm not going to lie. I will sit back and watch some Insecure all day. Like, I will, you know, catch up on it. What's that? Shameless? That is hilarious. I'm not, I haven't gotten the Shameless. Yeah, it's one of those Netflix either. things. Okay. Um, And obviously, you know, if good movies come, I'm going to watch them on whatever. But, yeah. um, but yeah, that's given me so much more time to do other things. Like, I have picked up a book and started to read it in real life. Okay. Um, You know, or have more time with my nephew. Now he mm-hmm. comes over a lot, and I'm either helping him do homework or we're catching up watching stuff like, I don't know. Dragon Ball Z even. Like, he loves it. And he yeah. thinks it's so brand new, which yeah. <laughs> it's not. But anyway, um, you know, even far as sports, like, I don't – how do I put this? This season I've decided that I'm going to let the news come to me about sports mm-hmm. because Detroit sports right now is just at a point where it's just not good for my mental state. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. when the, the Patriots lost to the Lions and everybody's like – Oh yeah, we're gonna be great. I'm like, yeah. nah, don't let that fool you, bro. Like they still <laughs> I was like, one of those guys too. Yeah. Saying, like, don't let it fool you. Yeah. yeah, nah, they they gonna come back next yeah. year and get creamed on. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. But um, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you have to look out for your mental state. Like yeah. you have to do whatever it takes. Like, even on the radio, they the radio kind of forces different music trends on you. Yeah. Like the trap music, the futures and all that. Yeah. But I've realized that your brain is really like a sponge. Like, exactly. it's going to absorb everything it can, yep. but then it's going to get to a point where enough is enough, and you yep. got to squeeze that thing out and get rid of some of the excess water in your yep. life. And so, all that to say, I think that stress for black men is really like that. Yeah, It's like a sponge. It's like you yep. get a lot of different things that come your way, and sometimes you get to your breaking point. Yeah. Um, and especially for black men, we struggle a lot from that. So yeah. I guess I want to go around table and see at least maybe two or three things that you think black men can do to help with their stress. Who wants to go first? Thanks, <laughs> uh, I, I guess I go first. Go um, one of the things that I discovered, like I know uh, David mentioned, like communication and marriage. I, n- I noticed that when I started like speaking about it to my wife and not like holding it in, like that's when I started to like get over it. Yeah. Um. Like one one of the things that like when I when I spoke to like other married men, right? They're like, you know, you go to work, you may get stressed from work or whatever. If you're doing like organizational mm-hmm. stuff, whatever activities you're in, if you get like stressed from that, you know, you don't necessarily go to your wife and dump on her. But initially, like I understand that because you know you're not trying to like put all the bad vibes on her, bring her negativity mm-hmm. from the outside world. You're supposed to be protector and cover her, but. I interpreted that as everything that's bad, I'm not going to, like, tell her about. <laughs> like, so my first year of marriage, I could say, like, that was one of the things that was, like, my, like, decline. You know, one of the things that, um, like, kept me, like, not like in a, I wasn't in a bad space mentally, but it was just, like, I would be, like, flustered at times. Yeah. And I will be like, what am I doing wrong? Like, I'm not dumping on her. Like, I'm keeping all the emotions that would be bad on her away from her. Right. But... I know that there's a way to present it to her now mm-hmm. where I can say, yo, this happened. Um, this is how I felt about it. Um, 
and and you know I'm not saying this so that you can feel bad too, but I'm just letting you know like this is why I'm feeling this yeah. way. So one of the things I would say is you actually have to like talk about it, um, because holding it in is just going to make it worse, yeah. and you're going to have to deal with it anyway. Right. So might as well attack it straight on and right. trying to prevent it because you're not going to prevent it. But do you always have to talk about it with your wife? Well, like who, with, who with, else do you have? Who's your ecosystem? Who, who are the people that you would go to? I got my brother Rich right here. There we but go. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to say that, but that's cool. No, but the, the thing the thing is, is that um, I I know I can speak to you know all my other you know friends and brothers and and, and relatives and things like that. But you kind of get caught up in emotions. It's just like yeah. work, home, wife, do it all over again. Church yeah. on Sunday, church Bible study. Yeah. You get into those emotions, so it's kind of like my wife is who I see every day. This is my best friend. This is a person I share a bed with and everything like that. I share my finances with right. everything. So it's like you get kind of caught up in in that system of just doing everything the same way, where mm-hmm. it's like you don't think to reach out to other people. Yeah. So that's one of the things I'm learning too. Cool. Yeah. What about you, bro? Uh, man, he, you, you said something so important as far as letting out your, what you're feeling inside to your wife. And I'm not even really going to repeat exactly. Cause you said it perfectly. Okay. You know, um, I do feel like Richard, like you do have to have that one person that you can talk to outside of your marriage for myself uh, as my best my best friend and roommate from college, uh, Jeremiah. So everything I'm doing, he did before me, right? And it's mm-hmm. fresh on his mind. So he had had his first child when he was 22. Okay. Right? He, we, he had just graduated from college. Um, he, I was at Grand Valley together, but he transferred uh, his after his sophomore year and went to Central State and moved back home to uh, Dayton, Ohio, where he's from. And that's where he met his wife, and they had their first daughter and everything. And just to fast forward today, now they have three children, you know, and me and him are both, you know, the same age. So he's mm-hmm. he's done the marriage thing. He's been married for like 10 plus years now. And his oldest daughter, I think she's, um, yeah, she's like nine or 10. And then he, you know, it's got his middle daughter and his youngest son. Okay. Um, so anything that I'm kind of going through is like I always kind of can call him up and be like, man, Jay, you know, what kind of happen with this situation man are you dealing with any kind of you know things with the mother-in-law and your mom type of type of situation Mm -hmm. like shed like shed some light on that and he'll just tell me his story and although his might not be the exact same way like nine times out of ten i can take something from the advice he's given me and apply it to myself you know um i you will have to i have had instances where right i'll call my dad as well too but the thing is, when you call your folks, right, your parents, or yeah. you call a close relative, you got to draw a fine line, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you don't necessarily, you, you don't want people to, and people are not supposed to know the ins and outs of your marriage, right? You shouldn't necessarily be calling anybody yeah. uh, as far as, you know, your parents and necessarily telling them things that, Although you're just venting, mm-hmm. what comes out may appear to be a negative, and like you said, dumping on like, right. like a negative imprint of what you're saying about your spouse. Uh, although you're just trying to say, oh, yeah, she, you know, she tripping about yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but but that just starts to sort of paint a picture. So sometimes you can't really always just call up a parent or a grandparent right, right. and get advice because they're always going to be mm-hmm. biased. Right. So their little baby, their little boy, their little daughter, they're always going to kind of be on your side and because they raised you and, they, right. and and make you feel like, oh, it's not really 
<laughs> you, you know, you just, you gotta be, you know, just be Haitian. It's just not really, you know. So I say that to say my number one thing is for sure. Well, I don't say my number one thing. My number one thing is my faith. All right, that's that's really the number one. So you mentioned like the routine of kind of church and things, mm-hmm. but I've tried myself to make sure that I don't get in sort of a like a, a mundane yeah. sort of just mediocre kind of routine mm-hmm. with it that actually outside of church like i'm actually really praying some people are like oh yeah yeah i'm, I'm praying for you you know or yeah I yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah i'm My praying God. for you or, or they say you know i'm uh yeah I, you know during the week i'm i have my prayer and it and they're not really doing it. I'm gonna read my Bible, and they're not really doing it. So for myself, yeah. I really, really tried to, and I, I'm, and I'm growing. I'm not saying I'm always, I was always right, like right. this. I was one of those individuals that said like, "I'm praying for you, bro." Yeah, I'm praying for you, bro, and mm-hmm. not really nah, doing it. So mm-hmm. over time, and I, I have really like grown in my relationship with God, mm-hmm. and like when I'm actually during the week, like I'm actually, you know, like praying yep, for yep. people, and if it comes up, and I'm actually like going to the Bible. And because the thing is, is like when I, since I didn't grow up in the church, see, I got so much kind of background knowledge to learn that a lot of church like already know. They already know all these stories and stuff like that. But the thing is, they think sometimes they, they might already know a lot of the things that's mm-hmm. biblical and theolo- uh, theology-based yeah. that that kind of sort of doesn't, they, they lose that closeness of the relationship, like that part of, okay, you actually got to spend time, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if that's part of your faith, like talking to God and just, um, having a relationship. So that makes me feel like on a daily basis that at the end of the day, everything is going to be all right. You know, I, I have to be quite honest. Like anytime I've like really prayed for someone, I, I think back on it, you know, it's like, man, it's like everything that I've asked for any, anything I've asked for it's like, it's happened, man. Like, yeah, we're not multimillionaires. So we want to be that, you know, say, like, can you actually pray for we're that? not, can, can I get that? Like, you say pray for that for yourself? Yeah, like be like a multimillionaire. Yeah, no doubt. If I mean, I right, pray I for it for myself. And I, I've seen people that are extremely wealthy are completely. Like, and I was just about to say that. that. I was just about I don't to need say that. that. <laughs> it's, it's like it's a balancing because man, I'm looking at uh, one of my wife's favorite shows is Married to Medicine. Okay. Mm. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of them couples on there is kind of struggling. Like it's okay. both doctor couples struggling, so they're not. Talking about money necessarily being issues, but that doesn't make them immune to all of the other things right, right. in marriage, like you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just I just say that to say, like, number one for sure, faith. Um, no matter what we going through, my wife has sickle cell, or whatever she okay. suffers from sickle cell disease, and so, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is really really tough. I had no idea about it, um, prior to me meeting her, mm-hmm. um, so I had to learn over time. What the uh, the illness really entails. I mean, she's had times where she's been hospital for two weeks, mm-hmm. right? Had times where she's been in ICU. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm right there, you know, with her the whole time, even when we was in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And when her mom saw me doing those things, she and I didn't know it at the time, but her mom said to her, like, y'all know David is the one because of how he, you know, cares for you and stuff like that. And right. so uh, just going through anything as far as adversity, man, at the, when I come home, I know, like, man, anything I'm doing is, is part of God's will. Even if I'm going through something mm-hmm. that I feel is bad, mm-hmm. right? Like, no, that this is God's will, right? Mm-hmm. It's whatever. Right. If, if I'm having issues with something, any stress I'm going through is God's will. And knowing the other side of it is something that's going to come out that's going to be better. You know? mm-hmm. That's dope. Yeah. So we said a lot today. Um, yeah. It's just one last thing I want to ask because mm-hmm. there's sometimes I have to look out for people outside of myself. Yeah. In terms of people that deal with stress, 
versus people that deal with like mental illness or mm-hmm. other things in the world. And so there's probably somebody listening right now yeah. that, that when it comes to family and relationships, like they don't exactly know how to deal with that type of stress. Yeah. So if there's one piece of advice you can give for you know, a young man or yeah. a young boy or a husband or something like going through stress, yeah. what would you think their number one thing should be? Related to family, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, don't avoid it. Don't mm-hmm. avoid it. Right. Stress As if stress. it's not if it's not toxic, mm-hmm. right? So if it's not causing you like like a physical harm. So so if it's if it's not to a point where you are around your family and you you you're not engaging in like a physical fight with them, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can understand that. Anytime it gets physical, yeah, you should distance yourself because that's that's toxic, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's just kind of you know, typically uh, you get around a person, whoever the family member is, is and you guys are arguing, raising your voice, mm-hmm. that can be changed. All you guys have to do is change how you talk to each other. And that's something you can work on. And and you can look within yourself and say, man, what 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 am I doing? Uh, what can I do differently the next time I see the person? Or who can I seek out to help me with this on how we communicate better without yelling over each other? Um, uh, you know, because... Typically, the, the the stresses we have with family members is, you know, uh, two family members. I don't care whether it's brothers, uh, your parents, whoever. You, at a point where y'all just kind of valuing different things, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, it, it, I mean, I just talked about spirituality, right? You might have people in your family that that, that don't have the same beliefs as you, mm-hmm. right? There's nothing that we have to argue about or dispute about. It's just, um. You have your viewpoint, I have mine, and we're going to leave it at that. But if you get around an individual, right, in your family, every time you guys see each other, you guys are going to argue about Trump, right? Then then that's something you can change, right? That's something that y'all don't have to necessarily argue about all the time, you guys. Or if you get around a family member and— Trump stuff. Uh-huh. Trash can. Bang. Anyway, that's just sorry, and that's just a, uh, an example. I'm just saying, but yeah. if you're gonna argue about politics, I should have said politics. If you're gonna argue about politics, you're gonna argue about um, religion, those type of things don't necessarily have to um, happen if you guys can just get to a point where look, you know, we don't have to discuss certain things, we can just be, be around each other. So, you, you can't avoid, um, and if it's something more serious than that, you just can't. You can't avoid it. Like if you have having d- disputes with a family member about how they're treating your child or something or, you know, things like that, nothing can be avoided. And, and to be quite honest, I was that type of individual really growing up to really avoid conflict. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's just kind of my nature. I don't like to argue with people. Right. Um, even with my wife, for example, we first got married. If we were seeming like we would get into it, I would just say, hey, look, I'm, I'm not about to argue with, with you on this. Mm-hmm. And walk away from the conversation, but it's always beneficial with anybody, especially the stressors that you get from family, to just take it head on, right, and get the help. If you can't afford the help, seek out something that's free, right. If you can't seek, and typically you can, you can. It right now with all of the technology we got, um, and I have done this. All right, I go on YouTube. Let me see what I can find. Put top, type in the topic, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with. Stress from family, dealing mm-hmm. with a toxic family member. You, you can type that in, and you get tons of videos from tons of people that explain different things. You might not be able to get what you need from one video, but you might get what you need from like a collection of videos that you watch or books that you read over time that can help you along the way. Right? I've done, you know, I've done counsel 
um, like within, you know, my family, like having to talk through some things on how we're going to deal with some of the changes that we're having. And Mm -hmm. some people just don't do that. They just think, uh, you know, and some people throw this out. It's it's the enemy. You know, people is, (laughs) it's it's the enemy, you know, it's like, no, it's not always the enemy. Sometimes like sometimes you actually have to put in the work sometimes actually, you know, what about you, the, what about my favorite phrase? Yeah, you gotta pray it away. Pray the stress away. Pray it away all the time. It's not necessarily gonna be the answer as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might pray for it and everything, but but uh, God is uh, gonna really put it back on you to really um, put the work in. He he might, you know, God might give you a sign of of what to do and the next steps from there. But you have to take action. I mean, really, when it comes to stresses that you have in your life, you have to take action. You cannot sit back and just think that um, things are just going to go away. Imagine, like you said, it's, it's, they're just not going to go away. And and that's what happens when we come to the substance abuse, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, you know, people might say, I enjoy drinking or I enjoy smoking weed. It's, you, it's not that you really, and I'm, and I'm not saying it's nothing wrong with drinking. Just last mm-hmm. night after I got off work, well, yeah, I'll use a glass of wine right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But when you engage in it's like, okay, Monday I need to, I need to get a drink. Tuesday I need to get a drink. Wednesday I need to get a drink. Thursday. Mm-hmm. That's because, right, you it's something that's going on stress-wise that you're really trying to forget about, you know, or, mm-hmm. or not think about. That's that's why I was wanted to get that glass of wine, mm-hmm. you know, because it was like, hey, long day at work. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw uh, over, you know, 200 kids today. Like, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> yeah, but. yeah, but you have to at some point deal with, what is the reason why I'm going to that bottle, right? What's the reason why I'm I'm, I'm rolling up and yep. you know I'm smoking ten ten blunts a day? Like you know, it's and and most people like say I I love I just love smoking, right? That's just what I do. It's like no, nah, like man, it's like something is Something's something wrong, is the man. is something is something the reason why you're doing that. It's some stress in your life mm-hmm. that's causing that, and you have to you have to deal with it, man. I don't. It, I don't care, man, if you haven't. I tell people this all the time. I don't care if you haven't talked to your dad in, in 10 years, 20 years mm-hmm. as a man, right? Yeah. At some point, you got to do it because after just seeing my grandfather-in-law pass, right? I, I saw my grandfather-in-law pass up to his last breath, wow. up to his last breath. That was the first time this ever happened, first time I've ever lived with somebody and seen them take their last breath. Like, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And you just think we going to be here. Hey, do you just think you're gonna be here? Yeah. Hey, you even in your thirties, I'm just gonna be here. Like, yeah. no, man, that time is not is running is is running out. You don't have the time to mm-hmm. just say, I'm gonna do it later. Yeah. This later turns into twenty, ten, twenty years later, and you never had the conversation with your pops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you never you never reconcile yeah. when it could have been on you. Like it could have been on you. A lot of people say, Oh, my dad's a adult. You know what I'm saying? He should have been the one to come to me. Mm-hmm. Well, you in your 30s, both of y'all, you an adult now. Like, it's <laughs> right. just as much exactly. your responsibility to re- reconcile as much as him. Right. You know, maybe he's not engaging in the conversation because he's afraid of what you might think. Maybe he's embarrassed. Maybe he's, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's just ashamed that he wasn't in your life and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I feel like all of us, man, when it comes to family, even if it's your mom, you know, if she was on drugs, whatever, whatever the case may be, yeah. some point you really got to sit down your best and try to reconcile and have that conversation. Because you do not want to get to that point where you run out of time. Like that, man. I've I've been there. I've I've seen 
I've been at a funeral where it was like that. Like you, you just don't want that. You don't want to carry that because that causes more stress, right? Exactly. That causes even more stress. It's like a snowball effect. If you don't get to actually get that thing out, like you said, Jay, early, mm-hmm. then that causes even more stress. And you carrying that for longer, right? Mm-hmm. So you you alive for twenty or thirty plus years, and your your parent passed them, whoever relative passed, and you right. never tried to reconcile and get that conversation out. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like we can do this for like another like five hours. <laughs> yeah, man. Go I, I, I definitely wine, come, like I can definitely come back, man. Yeah. We gotta, yeah, yeah. We sure. gotta do. Had to have some off the record discussions, though. Yeah, I'm trying to see sure. what this wine be like. I actually, <laughs> well, find I actually get wine more. Yeah, I actually uh, Kroger. <laughs> I get one of my favorite wines from Kroger, um, which is only like nine ninety nine. There you when go. It's on sale, actually. Okay. Um, and it's money value yeah, activated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good wine to me. I mean, it may not be, you know, from 1977 France yeah, or something, yeah. but you gotta do all yeah. that. Man. You don't gotta stick your pinkies out. When you're <laughs> no, not talk to me. I'm listen. You can spend five ninety nine. My man, that's what I'm talking. What you thought about me? Yeah. Thanks for the Snickers. I appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, so we yeah. appreciate ha- appreciate you having you on, and um, for sure, I always want to give you a little time to. I know you have a book out. I know yeah, you do man. other dope things. So give us a little blur about that. Yeah, well, we can't figure it about that, man. I got my first book that's actually Ooh. on pre-order right now. Yeah, my first book, um, More Than the Village, is the title of the book. Okay. And uh, I did not grow up ever thinking I would be an author. Um, okay. I was, like, always kind of good at English and stuff like that, man, but didn't didn't grow up thinking I would write a book and stuff. Okay. Um, but... When you are up at uh, 3 a.m. with your child that's only a few weeks old, you know, the mind starts going a little bit. I, I advise anybody, just wake up 3 a.m. one and see what happens. Mm-hmm. I know you be like, oh, no. But I guarantee you, man, <laughs> something's going to come up. I don't know you're going to write, you're going to do something because if 3 a.m. comes there's, up, using the bathroom. That's what's Okay, happening. all right. Maybe there might be some, <laughs> some good thoughts that come in the bathroom at that time. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, man, there's, there's nobody up man it was like nobody up and i just out of nowhere man just started writing a little bit about parenting and values and stuff and next thing i know i got pages pages after page okay. I, my wife like i've been writing a while i've up up went on and get him back to sleep and mm-hmm. i think i can write you know, you know put a book together or something mm-hmm. like she looks surprised it's like yeah we'll do it mm-hmm. you know and anytime you and my thing is as far as being an author man not anybody everybody is an author Reason being is because everybody got a story to tell. Okay. So if you ever had somebody tell you, you mm-hmm. should write a book, mm-hmm. do it. And even if somebody hasn't, you can do it. Like, because your story is unique. Just from y'all telling me y'all stories, it's like, I enlighten me just from what y'all told me today. I didn't know that okay. stuff about y'all. You okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It enlighten me. So my book is a purpose to put out the information about family values mm-hmm. because I grew up in a, you know, uh, I would say my upbringing was, was a positive upbringing, right? Not a lot of things as far as the, um, things that a lot of African American males deal with, right. as far as dealing, being in poverty and uh, dealing with crime and drugs, like I didn't really grow up in that situation, right. and so it's it's authentic. It's a it's a feel good story, mm-hmm. and the way I explain it is with movies. I'm gonna refer to movies. Mm-hmm. Um, remember back in the day we had the Boys in the Hood and Don't Be a Menace and all that, Absolutely. right? You yeah. couldn't have all of those movies, you know. Like you still had to have the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Absolutely. you know, yeah. you still had to have the uh, Family Matters, you know. Yeah. You you can't just have, like, all of the bad stories. Like, you have to have a balance. And I feel like even with books, it has to be the same way. So don't get me wrong. Like, the upbringings that is a struggle and your mom was on drugs and stuff, like, those are great stories. Page turners, 
but you can't have all of the stories like that. You got to have some books out there that can really shed some light on, okay, what was it like to grow up with a middle-class black family, right? So mm-hmm. since we don't see it much on movies and television, right? And yeah. since they got rid of our favorite So, ones. yeah. You say it got rid of What's that? Carmichael our favorite one. Mm-hmm. What's that? You know what it is. Mr. Heathcliff fucks the book. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I forgot yeah. to mention. Yeah, Cosby. Yeah, that's that's kind of his fault. So, I mean, yeah. But we won't get into that. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a whole nother yeah. Yeah, (laughs) had to come back for another episode for that one. Yeah, but the point being is that right. That's that's what I wanted my books to be. And as far as the title, more than a village, um, you know, to me, I know a lot of people say it takes a village and all that, and I get the that is a figure of speech. But to really be the true essence of that is. the village aspect is not really there with some of our inner cities, man, especially in Detroit, right? I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, some some areas in Detroit, I can't even go mm-hmm. next door to get values from somebody if next door on my left and my right and in front of me is boarded up. Right, right, right. right. And I go down the block. If it's a house there. If it's a house there, right. Yeah. So you're looking at, you in wherever, like you in Brightmore or whatever, if it, there's sometimes it's on some of these streets it's not houses for blocks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. living anywhere and then and when you finally do get to an intersection what's there a liquor store you know a fast food restaurant gas station or whatever yeah. so where is a village as a village aspect is when you can go anywhere in your neighborhood or your quote-unquote village mm-hmm. and you have people within that village that can help you get to the next level that's it yeah. or you can get an interest or you can gain a hobby or something from right. them that they can teach you right but right now, in a lot of our inner cities, it's not like that. And to me, it's like, no, it's, it takes a little bit more than a person's unique village because everybody has a different village. So that's where the title came from. Um, it will be released on my birthday. Yeah, birthday. Uh, officially, it'll be released on my birthday next year, March 5th, okay. is when the official release, release date is. But it's available for pre-order right now. Okay. And um, every, for every pre-order sale... Um, I'm going to be donating, taking $5 for every pre-order, and I'm donat- donating that to the Sickle Cell Disease okay. uh, Association of America Michigan chapter. So as I mentioned, my wife has sickle cell, mm-hmm. and that is a disease that aff- affects African Americans, and it's not really a, a lot of money and awareness raised for it. Mm-hmm. Actually, Sickle Cell Awareness Month is the month uh, in September, the month before breast cancer awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay. And did y'all know that? No, I, uh, I knew it because I followed you. Okay, you, yeah, you know it because you followed me. But, it. <laughs> but prior yeah. to that, you didn't really know it. Right. And so that's right. that's my goal is to is raise awareness with this. So, um, yeah, so as far as my information, my website is the best place to go to get everything and pre-order the book um, to have more information. I have a blog on there and everything. So that's the best place to go. Is, so what's uh, your website? Website is D. Harris.com. Harris with two R's. So okay, cool. Yeah. What about Instagram? You on Instagram? Instagram. So everything's the same. Instagram is uh, the David D. Harris um, as well. So Instagram is the main one I use. I don't, you know, nobody is really uh, using Facebook like that. And I, I don't, I know you can do the Twitter and Snapchat, but for me, I just wanted to kind of centralize. Keep it one spot. Yeah, Ain't yeah. No I just wanted to centralize it in one spot, and right now, Instagram is is popping. So, okay, you know, that's, gotcha. yeah. yeah. So we'll definitely yeah. be sharing that stuff in the description. Yeah. As well as you'll be seeing some stuff on Instagram for the listeners out there. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you, bro. Man, I appreciate y'all, man. I'm mad this is so short. Like we could <laughs> literally do this all day. I'll be back, but man. I ain't got for enough real. money for these studio folks, yeah. so. <laughs> 
Never mind that concept. Yeah. I feel like I gained another brother today, huh? I know, man. Yeah. All his family, man. Mm-hmm. Look, Richard is he's family, you mm-hmm. know. Anytime my wife anytime my wife's like introduced me to someone like I know they a real a real a real friend, like one hundred, you know, percent. And so uh and he had one of the best weddings I've been to. Okay. Man, <laughs> everybody like, says I, that. I, like, I will I'm always s- say that, man. <laughs> we was up in that joint having a ball. Like <laughs> the violinists. I still gotta get them violinists for some event that I'm having. I don't <laughs> I don't know what they're doing or when the I book can book release. them. <laughs> there Thanks we go. The book release. <laughs> just saying. The book release, yes. There we go. Exactly. But all right, so this yeah. is another episode of the Mental Matters Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Mental Matters Podcast as well as on Facebook. Yep. Um, listen on SoundCloud, rate us on iTunes, and all that good jazz. So, yeah, that's it. Have a good one, y'all. Have a good one. Same to you, man.